<laughs> so um, one of the things that he mentions here on, on page 70, um, well, I mean, it kind of covers a few different pages, but um, he starts talking about, hopefully this isn't jumping too far ahead, but we're talking about trumpets. And, and this was like a big aha moment for me that uh, really, I don't know, changed things. And this was just like a half an hour before we jumped on. And um, I, I just wanted to get your guys' perspective on it. But um, with the trumpets, uh, I this last year was the first year that I really started celebrating the, the feast days, the, the Moedim kind of thing. And uh, the day of trumpets, the Yom Torah, was so impactful to me. And here, all of these paragraphs really started um, confirming... Coming alive. And I, anyway, it was just like mind-blowing. And um, the spirit just very softly whispered, and he's like, all of the feast days are cosmic. And I was like, wait a minute, whoa. I hadn't put that together yet. I hadn't put that equation. And um, Passover, we, we talked about the Exodus. Of course it's cosmic, yeah. Like, I, I never had that paradigm before, Anthony Larson stuff. And then... Um, Pentecost and Shavuot, uh, the the law giving on on Mount Sinai. Think about fifty awesome. years and Venus in a cycle that we're talking about. Yeah, and, yeah. And the fall feast because we always uh, the typical thing that we talk about in Sunday school and stuff, right? That the um, the spring feast pointed to his first coming and the fall feast point to his second coming, and the the feast of trumpets and and all of this talk here that Anthony uh, dives into with the the seven angels, seven trumpets, seven vials, and that um, with the, uh, I guess not mythology, but um, the tradition of the Israelites that on Sinai was heard seven trumpets, seven different intonations oh. there. And, and anyway, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense for the book of Revelation and, and the seven motif really uh, coming together and pointing at how... <laughs> how much we're going to hear when um, uh, uh, leading up to, to his coming with all of these uh, interplanetary relations and, and things. So anyway, that was just so huge for me. Looking at the Lord's appointed times, when he is giving that to them and saying, hey, here's your new calendar because you have a new sky and um, I want you to, to celebrate these forever, He he's really helping them to... Um, anticipate the cosmic encounters that are going to be happening and why it was so important for John to write this for all cultures to expect these uh, things and prepare for them you know like you said not burying our head in, in the sand but but actually celebrating them every single year so that we are fully prepared when they 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 do play out and and what our purpose in bringing them uh, about and and uh, using them to, to further Zion and, and things. Anyway. <laughs> think, no, think about the two holy days we just had with Christmas and New Year's. Both of them are cosmic in nature. The Christmas tree is a symbol of the polar configuration with the star at the top, the tinsel coming down, the ornaments, which are planets, right? The, all, all that stuff is cosmic in nature. Now, the New Year's celebration as well, what were you just saying? Well, let me give you new calendars, new times, new seasons, right? And what do we do in New York, but at the Times Square where a giant clock is, Times Square, think of that, Times Square, circle in the square right there. Times Square, we drop a giant ball <laughs> with lights, celebrations, loud noise, we blow trumpets, we blow all kinds of noise and shoot fireworks up in the air. Why? 
because it's cosmic because when these things happen there's a new times and a new seasons and we and this i think uh plays into in revelations when you hear that the changing of the times and the seasons well i take that in many ways one for certain because it's fresh on my mind with my my podcast i just did on uniformitarianism that that is a literal way that they're changing times and seasons by projecting the life of the earth back millions of years and changing the nature of understanding the bible and the, and the flood and taking people's faith away from christ so this to me that, that's a blatant fulfillment of the book of revelation already that they have the 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 antichrist kingdom of the house of the devil has already with their philosophies of men um changed times and seasons now i think there will be a cosmic literal of that as well that before before um before these planets come and it's justified that like the 10 tribes are returning and christ is leading the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and judah is you know restored back to the the tribes as well like before all of that you will have um a satanic antichrist, I believe, who will claim to be causing the movement of the planet planets, who will claim to be uh, oh. understanding and, and controlling or or manipulating what's going on with the movements in heavens before like God comes in and says, no, he's the faker. Here I am. I'm the real one. Um, that's what I believe we're being set up for is is this uh, this huge grand deception that not only are these things that Leland and Anthony Larson and others talk about strange, right? And and an aversion for most normal members to to dive into. Um, they're banking on that. They're banking on that most people won't look at mythology or these things or take it seriously because if you do, you start to turn your heart to the fathers and the fathers turn their hearts to you and you start to realize, oh, these are warnings. They're giving us good, big, clear warnings that this was going to happen. There would be a grand deception where cosmic things would happen and men on earth would try to claim divinity and say that they were gods controlling it. That's going to be the big, I believe, you know, antichrist deception that plays into the book of Revelation here. But um, also just playing into the whole motif uh, of, of these holy days being cosmic events. And, and the sound of trumpets as well. Again, as you learn more about the electric universe and what's called an electronic dialogue or electric dialogue between planets, there are sounds and frequencies that are exchanged as planets meet each other at a distance, that the electrical interactions cause audible sounds that would sound like, um, like the tones of a scale, the eight tones of a scale, which are symbolic as well and significant in this big pattern that fits together. Um, but as the stars fall to the earth during this catastrophe of that revelation describes, that's the second coming, we will hear the trumpets loud and clear. The, the half hour of silence that everybody's so nebulous about, well, if you're, if you're not taking into account cosmic things, you'd be fooled. You'd be fooled by somebody saying, oh, it happened here. Here it is. No, everybody's going to hear the trumpets coming from heaven because they're a literal thing as the stars start to move. So don't be fooled. Um, that's my take on that, because I know that's inevitably where uh, studies of the book of Revelation will go to the half hour of silence and explain this to me, Leland, and, and here, what do these days exactly mean? Well, I'm saying if you don't if you don't accept these underlying symbolic archetypes that I'm talking about, it does me no good to tell you anything about dates like you're not understanding the big picture. You're trying to pick a date so that you can get things ready and repent. Like, that's not the point. That's not the point at all. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah, I love. It. I just freestyle. I'm sorry. I don't, you need to put me on a schedule, or we need to have an out uh, an itinerary. <laughs> but yeah, so what are we to expect after having read this chapter? Um, uh, you know, we talk about trumpets, but we're uh, looking here. Uh, Revelation chapter six kind of starts us off. Uh, we have earthquakes, the sun becoming black, uh, the moon turning to blood. Stars falling from heaven were shaken with a mighty wind. The heavens departed as a scroll. Mountains and islands are moved out of their places. And um, Anthony goes through these uh, with a couple, three paragraphs each, and uh, kind of talks about what that could be. But it all points back to, to planetary things. So if we're uh, taking Velikovsky's theses and um, 
really taking an honest look at those, they can all be explained and, and put into to John's paradigm here, which is just so fascinating. And so I, I encourage everyone that's uh, listening to, to really go through um, these point by point and uh, take a look at them. But um, yeah, so <laughs> what are we to expect um, with the, the angels, the trumpets, the woes? Are the angels, um, like we had mentioned at the, at the very beginning, they can be ex, uh, they can be these planets, but are there actual beings behind them? Um, yeah. So yeah, kind of walk us through that and, and how we can, you know, really prepare for the end times and, and what yeah. things are, are going to look like. Here's what I would plead with anybody hearing this or listening and thinking that this is strange or weird or anything like that. Um, we do this as as missionaries. If you've served a mission or you know you've, you've preached the gospel to anybody, when you take the, the restored gospel to somebody and you say, here's what we have, another testament of Jesus Christ, we don't want to take away what you know or your faith in him. We want to add to it, right? We say that. We have that tradition. With this cosmic layer of the gospel and understanding catastrophe and a literal understanding of upheavals that are that are before us, we need to take that same approach. We need to take the same approach that um, – what was I just saying? I just lost my train of thought. Uh, missionaries and oh, yeah, to tell them we're not trying to take away with, with this cosmic interpretation of applying a polar configuration and catastrophes to prophecy. We're not taking away from anything anyone said. In fact, our position or this position, including these things, and I want to say ours because it's not mine. It's not Anthony Larson's. It's 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 divine. I believe Joseph Smith restored this through Christ. So like, um, if if we take that position, then we don't have to to guess. We can, we can know uh, with more certainty what is going to happen to us. Um, okay, I'm just trying to say, I'm not trying to take away what you already know about the book of Revelation. A lot of it still stands in terms of an angel coming down or, or two angels. I believe there will literally be two angels that come down, two translated beings likely that stand in Jerusalem is how I take the two witnesses. I know a lot of people think it'll be prophets from the church. Um, I accept that too. If, if that's what it ends up being, okay, like I'm not going to lose my faith over it. But from the records and the things that I've seen and studied, I believe according to what's going on cosmically. Because at that time, when the two witnesses come to Jerusalem, the planets will already be moving. There will be plagues and destructions, and, and America will have been cleansed at that point. So, and the 144,000 will have been chosen. So like major planetary shifts will have happened by this time, and the 10 tribes will have returned. So if you're saying, oh, it's going to be two prophets of the church, well, what's the church going to look like when the 10 tribes return? Who are the prophets? You know, like what, what's the structure and what are you talking about? Like, do you understand what's what's going to what the situation will be when those two witnesses come? And I don't think most most members do when they're looking at this scenario like that. Um, that's one thing I'm not taking away and saying only planets um, is how we should interpret it. The angels of the book of Revelation. There are literal angels like the one like Gabriel who came down to to witness to Mary or to uh, Zacharias or all these things like there will be literal angels, men. There will be planets who act as angels because they're living beings and can be angelic messengers. An angel is a messenger who is acting and performing in the name of Christ, right, and, and is sent from his throne. So if these planets are sent to establish his throne, if these messengers are sent to return and prepare the earth for his throne and his big red carpet entry, right, this is exactly what all the translated beings were reserved in the end to do. So John wasn't translated just so he could go play with planets and, and have an exciting time in the solar system. No. They all wanted to be translated, even Enoch and his city, because they looked forward to our time, to the second coming, to the reestablishment of the Garden of Eden, to the return of an immortalized or an immortalized uh, paradisical state to the earth. And that's what translation is. It's a right to earn, to witness and live until that time. Um, I know some and a lot of translated beings probably resurrected at the first resurrection of Christ, too. 
So I don't want to take away that doctrine as well, that there were many of the translated beings who chose to be resurrected, but they witnessed and were translated and alive until that first resurrection. And I think that's the role of John as well, and many other translated beings who will return with these planets as angels and hosts of heaven, right? Um, that they will be men who have been withheld, or they're men on other planets, or men from Zion who have been reserved out of all of God's creations to come down and participate in this grand uh, symphony and ceremony and ritual that will be this, the the uh, the transfiguration of the earth into a, a, a millennial paradisical era. So in terms of what is happening in Revelation, what are we to expect? That, that just like we read in the scriptures that angels come down and minister to men, from Adam down to the very end of the New Testament with John, being an angel himself, right? Or even uh, the Book of Mormon, from the beginning to the angel ministering to Lehi to, to in, encourage him to lead his family out of the angel and the spirit that, that teaches Nephi uh, to the Lord himself, who's, who's leading the brother of Jared. All of the examples we have in the Book of Mormon, there are literal men, angels, who are delegated to come down and govern or, or teach or instruct um, when these things happen. So we can expect that, and we need to expect that. And I think this is the problem with major Christianity today, is that they're not accepting that. And we've said that. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints literally is like, hey, angels have come down and restored the church. I don't know if you know that yet, but here's the Book of Mormon, an angel <laughs> named Moroni, and, he, and all these angels are going to come back, right? Like, So we're already doing that. We're already in the middle of Revelation. If you want to say, like, what should we expect? I'm saying, look at yourself already participating in it, and that the angels have come. The, go the gospel is being restored, and we're really setting everything up for these major catastrophes. So if you want to know what, what should we look forward to next, I would say that. The downfall of all nations, political upheaval, I think we can feel that, right? Uh, we can feel the freedoms and liberties of Americans and the subversion of secret combinations within our governments, within our corporations, within our education system, within science, within every facet of society today. You have secret combinations, mafias, cartels that are um, wrestling the power away from the ability for, for man on earth to exercise their agency. And this is the exact condition that warranted the flood before. In, in the terms of secret combinations and uh, wicked, unrighteous dominion, restricting the the ability for the plan of salvation essentially to to have to to, to to function, and that's when these big resets come and happen. So we can feel that it's happening now. We're in the middle of it. Um, I would say look for the governments to collapse first, and then cosmic things. They usually go one hand in hand. The uh, think about it. If there's catastrophe and the literal land is changing, this is the opportune time as well for kings and their astrologers who can predict or see these things or were measuring and watching that they would take advantage of of falling kingdoms to to grab up more land to extend their boundaries. Um, I think this is what happens. There will be a bifurcation. That's my favorite word this last few weeks of 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 society in in that you will need to choose to uh, join the one world government. That is saying that we'll save the world out of this chaos that that comes when all the nations fall and, and begin war, and then the planets start to move and shake and earthquakes and natural disasters. Everything will be an upheaval, but there will be some, like I said, this deception who will come together and say, hey, we have the true kingdom of God. This is the true millennium, and follow me. Christ is nothing. He will denounce him openly, and um, it will be like a choice. You either – you either go with the government and, and get protections, or you're on your own, and we'll, we will persecute you. We will literally go to war against you, and it will be kind of the test of the, of the church to hold our ground until that pivot point, until everything's collapsed and we're being threatened by the new global government. At this point is when cosmic interventions start to happen. In my in my view of the book of Revelation and things like that, um, and again, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying this doctrine, but what should we expect? We should expect the upheaval of society before a cosmic upheaval because that's, the again, the pattern, that societies and stuff start to go into disarray, and then cosmic destruction causes a reset and a rebuilding process or a promised land being offered to the worthy who um, 
uphold their righteousness through through the catastrophe. So, and that's exactly what the millennium is. It's get the, and we're the righteous, the salt of the earth, hoping to establish, or we will establish that new order that takes over um, righteously at this this last grand conflict, the war of worlds, literally. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I know I go on lots of tangents there, but in terms of the Book of Revelation, what it's pointing to, I think that's it. It's it's telling us, and to me, it's an assurance to say, don't don't panic or think that the Lord has come yet until these cosmic things have happened. Until you see that, and that's why I believe Joseph Smith was so explicit in saying the Book of Revelation is easy. And what was his last thing that he was saying was, well, the last grand sign that the world will see before everything goes into commotion is a planet or a comet, and they and and everything will go in, into craziness at that point. That's when we can know that the, the Lord's return is imminent, okay? I think it's imminent now because the collapse of nations could happen in a relatively short period. We're talking a decade that the entire world could collapse and the the solar system start to, to, to collapse based on electric universe principle. That's not out of the question. It's not out of the question that could happen in, in a few years even. So that's where to me, not only is this exciting because it starts connecting a bunch of dots, but I'm on my toes more because I don't get it. I don't have the luxury of sitting back in a uniformitarian, all as well Zion um, worldview that, well, there's a whole lot of things that have to happen before the building of the temple in Jerusalem. And there's, you know, this just hasn't happened. We haven't gone to all these places. I've heard those arguments my whole life ad nauseum. Like I'm sick of them. And it's just, it's passivity. It's people being passive, uh, pacifists in their, in their understanding of prophecy. And um, this is kind of what I feel my call is like Anthony Larson to kind of call, call us out to, to strengthen the saints and say, I'm finding this to be true, and I'm experiencing spiritual experiences and understanding the scriptures in a greater way than I ever have in my life, and I'm witnessing to that. But it's, it's up to everybody individually. Like you guys have learned, Cameron and Wendy and, and Darlene even, like this is – the more you put time and effort and pray and take this to the temple, put it on your heart, look for clues in the symbolism in the temple and what's being taught there, that's where the magic happens. That's where the spiritual connection and the conversion happens um, in my book, and that's why I'm pointing to this and, and why – it all does go back to the temple and that that is our keystone for surviving what's coming in the revelation. That if we have our temple covenants, if we're taking the name of Christ, well, then we'll walk up that gate when that planetary temple is 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 uh, established and the gates are opened. That's what I'm saying. There's a literal heavenly construct that's coming that will be the ensign to the world and the tree of life that will provide immortality or this paradisical state for all of us who are worthy of that millennial glory. Mm-hmm. I love it. So... When we are taking a look at, at this paradigm shift and, and all of that, um, I, I find that many people tend to go, okay, but in reality, are our prophets leading us to, in the right path and, and preparing us for this? And I would have to answer a resounding yes, like, of course. Like, yeah. what has President Nelson, he called us to arms and uh, called us up that first uh, general conference, the, the priesthood body by rank, like, let's get ready here. And um, how many things you're not going to be able to survive spiritually unless you do this uh, to understand the, the priesthood, men and women, and uh, how we can actually um, become through the process of the temple and, and be endowed with actual power through the ordinances, the power of godliness is manifest, and and really understanding all of these things. Um, I, how have you found that the the prophet is one hundred percent preparing us for these uh, specific things that that John and, and and many of the prophets have have prophesied and uh, given us a a pattern for in, in yeah. these days? How can we actually become and 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 prepare ourselves? in individual and, and families to um, live through the, the times that have been prophesied. 
my my answer is going to be repetitive because it's the same. It's always the same. It's it's what is the pattern? The pattern has always been the Lord turns his people to covenants made in the temple. That there's no way to stop these planets. Like you're not, we're not we're not going to have to like build bunkers and escape it or anything like that. No, that there the pathway to surviving these catastrophes is through obedience to our covenants because these covenants bind us to the God who's coming. That's the thing is that we're reaching out to him now and he reaches back and he he will protect us and 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 those of us around us. Now, I'm not saying all of us won't possibly pass away when, when things start to get crazy because a lot of the the israelites died in the exodus as well many people did but the pattern was the same that the prophet led them out of babylon per se or egypt or sodom or whatever it is spiritual sodom right led them out and into the temple that's what moses did he took them out during this planetary catastrophe and into a tabernacle into the temple where what where that power that was all up there manifesting moving the oceans killing the pharaoh and his army and doing all kinds of destructions around the world but what it came down and filled the hearts of the children of god and that's exactly what president nelson is doing for us now he is a heart surgeon think of that preparing the <laughs> hearts of the children of men in the house of israel before the catastrophes and the judgment and if Elder Oaks is next, he's a judge. Like, what well, that can be even more plainer in the symbolism there. Yeah. But at, at the same time, like all those points you mentioned, and when he had us stand up in rank and called us to repentance during that priesthood session, I had tears streaming down my face like I had never felt before. Um, it it was that was powerful. Like I felt that calling then that he was saying, We are at war. Like I heard it, felt it then, and I've been acting like that ever since. But everybody thinks I'm a fanatic. <laughs> but but he's called a youth battalion, he knows we're at war, right? Now, everybody wants to point to, well, if he was at war and knew these things, why isn't he actually showing uh, you know, face to Babylon? Or why, is he, why does it appear that the church is caving to Babylonian ideologies today? And again, I point to what I said at the beginning. If we're living revelation, what are we waiting for right now? We are captured by corrupt governments in a fallen world in the worst part of the fall of the great apostasy that ever existed ever period this earth is about to be burned to a crisp this is where we're at right it, we're not in a, a wonderful world where technology is our savior we can use technology to our benefit yeah but ultimately this this is a crash course for for the gentile world right now that we're living in and we need to cling to the rod of iron that rod of iron leads us to the temple always it always has always will always does to the from from the beginning of scriptures to the end it is the covenants with god and and accessing that power like you said that's manifest in those ordinances that we can bring it into our hearts and resonate it out to everybody else in our lives so that we can be a source of peace when peace is taken from the world that is our job our job isn't to stop the planets and to do all crazy things and to set everything up no god's going to come down and uh, angels will minister and help establish a celestial government when the time is right right but the corrupt governments right now need to fall and so if if uh, i'm secretly rooting uh, for chaos to be honest i'm secretly rooting for the people who have been silent to stand up against lies i want this back and forth that we see right now because to me that's exactly what we should ex be expecting the prophet predicted this he prophesied this that we're in acceleration of the work that we're at a pivot point of the nation if if that makes any sense to anybody who studied history and knows that it's cyclical we're about to have a giant revolution and possibly world war and that fits everything that we're seeing so our job as Latter-day Saints and bearers of the Holy Covenant and priesthood is to provide peace to those around us in this time. Do it through our service, through our good hearts, our good nature, by being and emulating the name of Jesus Christ, by living our covenants. Just do your sacramental covenants every week with your neighbors. Love God, love your neighbors. And if you're following along, you're going to eventually study all this stuff. If you're set on the temple and, and keeping the covenants, you're going to have to understand the symbolism. <laughs> like it'll, it'll come, and I'm not worried it, it, wherever you're at on that journey. 
if we're set to the temple, um, we will survive the catastrophe. And President Nelson, in every single thing he has done, he points to the temple. So to me, there's no doubt. And I don't care what he said about COVID-19. I don't care what he says about the government. I don't care who he shook hands with, with Trump or Putin, or it doesn't matter. It, it, nobody, it doesn't matter. It, he, could, he could shake hands with everybody at this point. And, it, and I would say, great, wonderful. The, the prophet of the Lord is spreading peace. That's how I see it. And uh, it makes no sense to hold them to some standard that we can't keep when we're captive. It doesn't make sense. Everybody's like, oh, no, we should stand up and be the Israelites. We know. No, we're weak right now. We're weak right now, and we're, we're biding our time. They killed our prophet. They martyred Joseph Smith because they saw the political threat that he was raising through the church. We've stayed quiet ever since, guys, and that's the, that's the point because they'll get theirs. <laughs> and I, I hate to say it like that, and I'm not trying to be like I – lo I love America. I love this nation. I love this promised land. But if we want to look through a prophetic lens, we need to not look through the rosy colored glass. And we need to see that this nation is under condemnation for the blood of prophets and that it will be cleansed and that we're in the process of that right now. So we should embrace what the prophet's saying and fix ourselves instead of worrying about trying to fix the problems that we can't right now in the world. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's great. Um, so You're muted, Wendy. <laughs> yeah. What you got? Sorry, my mute is on. I... I, uh, my kids are loud, but I wanted to answer to that too. Like what, remember when, I don't know if you guys remember, you probably read the talk, but when um, President Nelson spoke in the women's conference and, and said to the women, you can use the priesthood for, for the good of your family. You need to call upon God and, and that there's no manual, but but you need to you need to figure out how you can call down the powers of heaven and to bless those that you love. And I I was the same way, like tears streaming down my face. And you know, just just knowing that I had permission. Well, I felt like the spirit was giving me permission already to do that. I'm like, how how can I, you know, lay my hands on somebody and, and ask them to be healed? Like that's what the Lord is telling me to do. But then like I know he's a prophet. And that's one thing that I also see that he's saying, you need to rise up and claim those blessings and, and act in faith, faith in Christ to, to draw down the power of heaven because our hearts, and I love how you also, you go into this in your eternal perspectives podcast about, about having the, your mind and your heart um, connected to God and being changed and receiving a new heart from Christ so that we're actually satellites to a high king that here on the earth we can draw down the power of heaven to establish Zion to do those miracles um the angels angels will be coming and translated beings but can we rise up you know Zion coming down from above and Zion from below coming up and so I that's for me I see him challenging the prophet um and the spirit saying and, and you know the Lord saying you can do more <laughs> you know what I mean so that's what's exciting to me is also I, I'm excited for what's coming there's an initial fear response but I think Mary felt that too and on everybody that sees a, an angel you know then they say fear, fear not, not. Yeah. right so when you're coming into more knowledge when you're coming into more glory which is light when you're coming to God and you're you're well like whoa this is dissonance I I don't know if I can take this this is this is going to this is going to break my heart, you know, but he wants a broken heart. He wants a contrite spirit because he wants to fill us with his love and with more glory. So we don't, we don't have to do, we shouldn't want to do this alone. It's okay to have the dissonance because it just means that you're, you're coming into it, 
another state that's that's not captured. I love that word that you use. They're captured by the captured by this fallen state, and that's what happens to celestial bodies too. They're captured into a a system. And we talk about gravity, which I think is different than what we currently define it, but it's still about relationships, right? It's about relationships, electrical relationships, or glorified relationships, because it's all the same thing. The glory of God is intelligence, which is when we receive, and when we hear him, and we receive knowledge, we receive the glory of God, we're changed and we become we, we become that satellite for him. And, and that, that means that it's flowing through us. So he needs more and more of us to wake up and to accept his glory and not push it away and say, that's scary. I don't know if I can take it. Yes, you can. You just have to be a little broken and, and not pro- you know be humble and teachable and say, I really am nothing, just like Moses did. I never supposed that man was nothing. I never supposed how wrong we are, but we are. And there's still so much to learn. And that's what I'm excited about. It's like, okay, keep breaking me, but that's okay. Cause then I'll, I'll be able to, to accept more. So that's president Nelson is the prophet of God on the earth. And I just love him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, um, any final comments and, and thoughts about the book of revelation and, um, to advice for, for people that are, are new to this and, and really come into grips with all of the, um, the things here. Um, you know, we, we've had a, a podcast on, on each of the chapters here in, in Larson's thing, but um, this one on, on Revelation, it seems to be kind of the, the one that everybody wants to <laughs> uh, flash forward to, to Revelation so they know what to expect and everything. But um, just any Can I ask a question. Yeah, for sure. and maybe uh, if you two have the answer, but I, I, and on page sixty nine, I've been thinking about like when, when thing when we're when the Earth's being gathered because the plan of salvation is occurs on a cosmic level as well as as a, our spiritual right and for his children. But um, Orson Pratt wrote that the sounding of the trumpets is to be understood literally. It, oh no, this wasn't the one. Oh, maybe it is. And the time will come when the seven angels having the seven last trumps will sound their trumps literally, and the sound thereof will be. Oh, no, that's not the one. It's the one where he talks about the gathering of planets. And um, Anyway, I can't find the quote. But what do you, Leland, do you, when there's the, when the gathering of planets happens, um, I know that it, it's going to be gathered like in a polar configuration sense. Like that could be considered like our, our coming back home, right? And yeah and the earth being renewed and gathered but is there actual matter that has that has been separated from the earth as we know it that's going to be reunited you know what i mean reconnected and that's what i've been trying to ask him all over what's your opinion i would say the earth right now is uh is is organized out of the other planets that they've contributed to what it is currently, that it's not what it started out as. And that I don't think a restoration necessarily requires that it goes back to its original state, but it will be a state like that. Um, for example, when the earth before the flood, it did not have the, the body of oceans that we have now. There were not the oceans uh, before the flood of Noah that we have on the earth. Those came because of the flood. That the the And it's funny too, in this paradigm, if just as a side tangent again, if you want to look at the the certain isotopes in the salt in our oceans, they match the salt in the rings of Saturn. And they don't match the isotopes of the salt and, and other molecules that we find in our present sun. So that's it's just interesting that 
again, the water on our Earth is foreign, and it seems to have come from other planets as well. You've got particles of Mars that are here on Earth. So like the Earth, it's, it's, uh, it's got other people in it, right? Other, other neighbors that have contributed to what it is here. I think as this comes, uh, the water will be lifted from it, but its shape and size will probably relatively stay the same. There might be like the city of Enoch or other portions that have been taken off. They've been prophesied to return and like connect right. with the earth. So I could definitely see them being transplanted, like quite literally back into a position on the earth um, and that it might take some time. It's not going to be like instant, but we'd probably see them descend and float. And it might be a cause of a great war even that they that people would try to attack them coming down down and get get wasted by by lightning bolts or, or you know like a pretty cosmic display it sounds like fantasy to speak this out loud but in the in, in the reality of what we're expecting we should be expecting fantasy because i believe most of the fantasy and science fiction that we create as nibbly taught is actually kind of dipping into this amnesia blood memory of understanding that we are a cosmic people this is why star wars the good and evil the the force and everything it's so resonant with so many people because it is playing on these subconscious like cosmic archetypes i lost track of what your original question was wendy i'm sorry just, just like the city of enoch where it was removed right. like a, a uh the part of the matter of the earth broke off i i, I think and it was ro rose into the air and it was suspended in the air i think one of the uh, contemporaries of joseph smith one of the apostles talked about that one of the Pratt brothers but that's that, brothers. Was, that it that it was at the tower of babel that they yeah. were building a tower of babel to get up to the city of zion that there was an actual planet or something fixed in the sky that they were trying to reach in my again in my paradigm that would have been probably the planet mercury and and perhaps even that the planet of mercury is the city of enoch and it's been taken to a like a nest right close there to the sun in a celestial environment or a translated like quasi environment and that it will return and fly out and be one of the the causes maybe one of the woes right that the book of revelation talks about that there's a woe and you have catastrophe and then there's another woe and catastrophe another woe and catastrophe these are i believe like orbits the cycles of these passovers happening again and again and it'll be like three month um occurrences uh where you'll have like the earth interacting with these bodies for three months at a time and then a break and then three months at a time and a break and that's it's going to be the woe the woe the woe these kind of things um but all of them will return to a to a form but i look at it like our bodies your body right now when it's resurrected it is it is formed out of a lot of other different bodies i've eaten a lot of cows in my life like a lot of different cows like part of their molecules and body are, are have contributed to what my current form is i see that the same way with the earth in that other planets and things it's it's given it's taken it's consumed and grown and and progressed just like we have but when it's resurrected or translated it's not that it has to go back to the original state it's going to be in a perfected state that it's in i don't, I don't know if i'm answering the question no, necessarily like that. but that's the way i'm understanding it yeah, that's that's really good, and thank you for some of that context. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, any kind of final thoughts before we uh, head off and, and close up chapter seven here? It, it's it's been such a uh, an interesting. I I didn't know where to quite go with it. I mean, <laughs> Revelation's a huge beast to tackle, but um, uh, just it. It's exciting, and uh, how President Nelson has, has told us: take courage when when you don't have courage, when you might have fear. Just pray for more courage, and 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 face the the future with the faith that that's necessary for all these things. Can I say? I'll just say this, like as a warning, that um, don't think uh, even I right now. I don't think I understand everything about the Book of Revelation, and I can I could go verse by verse and identify every single thing for you right now. But I know and have confidence that we could that we can. 
I just don't have the personal knowledge to do that for you right now. We could do it and I could give you everything I know, but I know it's not going to be everything. And I rejoice in that, honestly. And you should too. Everyone should too, to know that, that the scriptures continue to unfold. Okay. I think we get caught up saying, no, I want to just know how it is. Just tell me how it is. And then I don't have to remember anymore or think anymore. That's opposite of how the scriptures work. You need to go in understanding that you're going to learn something new every time. But I do want to give hope to listeners that this might all this planetary stuff might sound overwhelming or or trying to recognize and become familiar with so much symbolism might seem daunting. Do it. Do the little work and read over and over and over again. Repetitively read. Um, every time you read, you will pick up something new. You will see another symbol. And the more you familiarize yourself with the synonyms involved in this planetary cosmology to understand this 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 uh, that the rod of iron can be like a planetary collar or a column or pillar of light that connected these planets or that the tree of life is that or that dragons are comets or that horses that are described as coming could be the chariots that are actual moons of mars or you know like having an understanding of how these symbols have multiple meanings and applications the more you color that in with your own knowledge to do the research to connect these dots the easier the book of revelation is to read so that's why I believe when Joseph Smith says the book of Revelation is the easiest book to understand, it's because he is fluent in the Lord's symbolism. And that's the message I take and I took originally to say if if the book of Revelation is so easy for Joseph Smith, what's the difference? And the difference is the symbolism, that he understands the symbolism. And so I went to the temple, I started studying symbolism, I ran into cosmism, and this is this is this is where it goes from there, at least in my experience. So understanding the symbols, um, I believe like if I could leave one last memory on everybody is, is that don't stop studying the symbols. The more you understand this, this uh, cosmic layer of the gospel and how they apply to these symbols and, and the polar configuration and this, this uh, reestablishment during the millennium, the more revelations makes plain sense. It seems kind of boring, actually. Like when you read it, you're like, this is the same stuff Daniel said, the same stuff Ezekiel said. It's the same, but it just paints a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's perfect. Uh, just kind of ending on that note there with, uh, uh, Joseph Smith's quote that the book of Revelation is one of the plainest books God ever caused to be written and uh, like your advice there that yeah I understand the the symbolism put in the the work to to get that and um, it's yeah. so rewarding because it just connects the dots and, and uh, fills in so many of the the gaps and, and fears that, that we might have so yeah thanks everyone for um, uh, listening and uh, we'll come back next week with uh we're going to combine chapters eight and nine uh together and and finish up uh, anthony's book that way um but yeah been an awesome journey thank you leland so much for hopping on and, and joining thank us you. and helping us unpack revelation thanks we've barely scratched the surface my friends <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome yeah thank you we hope you've enjoyed this discussion. And just as a reminder, we will have Leland back in a couple of weeks to answer any questions that you may have about cosmism. So if you'll go over to our website, learningzion.com cosmism, and navigate to the bottom of the page, there is a comment form where you can submit any questions. The deadline for those is January 14th, and we will then record a session with Leland, Wendy, and I, answering these questions to the best of our ability or pointing you in the right direction. Uh, With that, have a great week.